to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, this is Red Friday on North Sound 1. The Dons welcome Celtic to Pataudry on Sunday and off the back of a strong first half showing against Hamilton on Tuesday. Aberdeen will be looking to take points from the champions. A win would put the Dons level on points with the visitors, but boss Derek McInnes thinks that it's too early to be dreaming of second place. I think it's a bit foolish to look too much at the table at this stage I've always said that you think you need to get through the first couple of rounds of games and normally Christmas New Year is where you the table normally um, gives you some sort of semblance of how the season is going to play out North Sound 1 Red Friday I'm joined in the studio, as always, by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny, and we're going to start with the sad news today of the passing of former Aberdeen boss Eb Skovdal, who managed the club from 1999 to 2003. Uh, We're going to be hearing from some former Dons who played under him in just a moment, but first, let's get Andrew and Dave's thoughts on a manager that they both knew well. Andrew, first of all, what's your memories of Ebby? Um, Very good memories of a lovely man who loved living in Scotland, who loved travelling around Scotland, discovering uh, all the the scenic beauty that there is. He loved sailing. um, And I remember spending about an hour in his office one Friday afternoon. uh, He brought out an atlas and he said, right, show me where to go. And I showed him a few places that I'd been to and he went there and and loved it. And uh, just a a real gentleman, a, a very funny guy. Um, we all know the, the the quote about the statistics and the miniskirts and all the rest that he gave Charlie Allen. But uh, one other one that I recall from a a, a winter training camp in Torremolinas, uh, when Charlie and I were were just walking around uh, the training pitch, which uh, the players were warming up on. There was a running track, so we were just having a stroll around there, and uh, Evie came over and he said. Uh, I get Stuart Hogg to time my players with a stopwatch. I think I can time you two with a calendar. <laughs> Probably right. <laughs> it, was, it was a long-range calendar. Um, but uh, just a, a, a lovely man. Um, didn't have the best of times as manager at Pataudry, but he had a charisma about him that I think the fans all loved him. Uh, we recall that this... The start to his managerial reign was horrendous. Uh, it took us ages to even score a goal. We lost our first six league games, got battered out of sight by a few sides. Uh, when Andy Dow did eventually score the first one against Dundee United, the place erupted as though we'd won the European <laughs> Cup. And, uh, and Andy Martin, picked up a yellow uh, card yeah, for Martin, celebration. Martin Clark, the, the referee, did, didn't uh, take cognizance of the fact that this was just a, an eruption of um, you know relief as much as anything else. Booked Andy Dow for the celebration. But he got us into two cup finals that season, if you remember. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, Okay, we didn't win either of them, but uh, there's not many Aberdeen managers can say that they got to two cup finals in the same season. But uh, I just remember Ebby as a, a a very gentle gentleman and yeah. and a guy that I had a huge amount of time for. Yeah, really sad news today, Dave. And, and uh, a man that, from a manager point of view, and we're going to hear from some of the players that played under him, he had a lot of ideas that maybe were just a little ahead of his time. Yes, uh, the, the mattresses and stuff like that, but uh, I, he was so laid back, um, nothing fazed him. And I remember um, the summer when we, he'd been trying to persuade Harold Stavram to sign a new contract, and on the Sunday I got a phone call from a journalist saying that I th- they, they'd a tip that he was going to 
Turkey to sign for Besiktas. So I phoned Evie and Evie said, no, I, I have not heard that rumour. Um, so then on the Monday morning, obviously I get the papers very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, there on the back page of the record is a colour picture of the Besiktas chairman shaking hands with Harold <laughs> in a Besiktas shirt. So I took it down to Ebby's office and showed him the picture. He says, there may be something in that rumour after all. <laughs> just, but, something, just something, just uh, something. He was, uh, as Andrew said, he's just a lovely, lovely guy. And, uh, you know, whilst he didn't have the best of times in Scotland, um, uh, Andrew printed off the, the Bronby tribute to him mm, where he was mm. an absolute god as far as they were concerned. And he, yeah. uh, and he obviously had great ability to do that. He yeah. was a good manager, but uh, uh, it's just, as I say, very, very sad. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to hear from uh, three more people who knew him very well, and they are, of course, uh, all former players around that time. So Phil Maguire, Darren Mackey and Darren Young we're going to hear from in just a moment. But first of all, let's hear from Aberdeen manager Derek McInnes. A lot of people um, still here at the club who we worked with him. You know, it's a sad day. Um, he he left his mark on the club. He was a a, a, a huge figure and, um, and very popular amongst a lot of the staff here. So um, it is a sad day for for his family. Um, quite shocked when I heard. You know, I just obviously didn't know he was in ill health or anything. Whether it was sudden, so very uh, very sad day for 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 his family and for the club. A lot of his stories and a lot of the affection that he had. Um, carries on. You know, people can come into club, work for clubs and don't always have that positive impact, you know, and um, you know, certainly there was a lot of goodwill towards him from speaking to a lot of the staff and people within the club who had worked for him over a period of time. I think firstly he was just such a nice guy and he always looked out for the players, um, especially the younger players coming through um, at that time. You know, he worked incredibly hard at his job um, he was there you know very early and late at night um, I suppose that's what managers do but you know looking back he, he certainly had some unusual ideas um, but again looking at how football has, has progressed he was probably a wee bit ahead of his time just regards of you know some of the shapes that he did the four three three shape uh, the strength and conditioning work he sort of brought in at the club um, some of the pool sessions and sort of sleeping and resting between sessions you know, it's a big part of the the modern game now. Um, again, one of it, one of his routines, the set piece routine, everybody probably remembers, was the the train routine uh, from the corners. Um, it was it was certainly his idea, and it was designed to to confuse the opposition to who the target was uh, for the ball coming in. Uh, I remember it well because um, I actually got my first senior goal uh, in a game away at St Johnston through that. But you know, he was a, he was a great character. You know. He, Big heart, uh, some unbelievable one-liners and quotes that you know, Tivian stitches uh, so much, so much so that uh, you know we used to write them down in the dressing room on an old table. Um, to read them back now would be would be great, but you know, fantastic guy. You uh, you know, very much loved, and he'll be missed by many. And certainly, my thoughts go out to to his family and friends at this time. He was the manager that gave me my debut, so I've got nothing but love. For him in that regard, um, and yeah, just the faith he, the faith he showed in me, um, and yeah, just looking back, it was a lot of fun. His quotes were a highlight. Uh, some of the ones he came out were were belters, and to this day, the boys still kind of mention him when we're whatever together. So no, um, he'll be missed, and yeah, I'm sure all the Aberdeen fans will will be thinking the same.
It was a gentleman. I mean, and he did have his, his own ideas. Um, one of the things I always remember going back now is the, 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 the kind of 4 3 3 that everybody now kind of plays, the 4 2 3 1 or 4 3 3. He'd always started that um, way back um, then, and we just never kind of bought into it. We never ever kind of. Uh, I, I, I don't know, we just found it hard to adapt. It was obviously a thing that they were doing abroad. Um, we never kind of really bought into it, and nowadays it's just the norm the, the 4 2 3 1 or a 4 3 3. Funny guy, and, and, and and company and it's a one on one um, he was always again he was always nice and he was always good to me and in regards to that that, that side of things and loved my time under him and, and, and top of that as well obviously we make me captain it's very very proud for me and my family at the time so um, sad to hear that yeah, really nice to hear from some of the former players there, Andrew, and to hear their thoughts on their time under him as manager. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember it being a you know a, a time when we were struggling off the field uh, uh, financially. Uh, I remember Ebby taking a pay cut, which endeared him to the the Red Army. Um, but you know, he brought through a lot of very good young players. Darren Young there, um, you know, Kevin McNaughton, Darren McNa- Mc- Darren Mackey, um, Phil Maguire. He, he bought into the idea that um, you had to bring players, players through the academy uh, who had the, the club in their blood. And, and it worked well for him uh, after the initial horrendous season where we shipped so many goals it was it was unbelievable uh, it, it tightened things up he brought in players like Stavrum and Guntveit and Solberg and Zero Ali um, Sean under Ebi Skovdal although um, you know the two of them didn't always see eye to eye as uh, any, anybody watching footage of uh, Hisham's antics bluttering a ball into the bench at, at Hamden in the cup final because he didn't get a, a chance to come on, um, but uh, you know he's he's remembered with a great deal of fondness by by all these players because, as I say, he, he was such a, a a nice guy and, and as Dave said, so totally laid back, but but a funny funny guy, with a, a dry sense of humour, but um, some wonderful quotes, a lot of them that couldn't be used on air, mm-hmm. uh, I have to say, but um, you know, who having lost. Uh, and a backs-to-the-wall performance at Celtic Park would come out with the operation was a success, but the patient sadly <laughs> died and got away Classic. with it. Because that was the sort of thing that he, that he came away with. You, you never knew what you were going to get with Ebby when, when you interviewed him. Uh, I do remember his very first win, which, Dave, you'll remember well, that oh, 6-5 yes. classic down at <laughs> Fair Park. He came out of the dressing room and I was standing there waiting to interview him for North Sound and... Hold on, Andrew. I need a fag. <laughs> and he had about four before he he could speak to me. It had been that sort of evening, but um, just a a lovely man. And uh, you know, our thoughts are all with his wife, his his sons, and his grandchildren. Uh, and as Dave said, you know, the the, the Bromby uh, tribute to him is very well worth looking at. It's on the the Bromby website and. There's a, an Ebi Skovdal fan lounge at the Bromby Stadium and his son Rennie said that, you know, his dad had had cancer for the last few years of his life and as a family, they had no doubt that the recognition he had received with that fan lounge helped give him some extra years because it meant a lot to him to come to the matches in the lounge and experience that he still had an active role in the club. And as, as Dave said, you know, an absolute legend as far as Bromby fans are, are concerned because he won them four titles, won three cups, uh, had some great success in Europe, 
and against Aberdeen as well. Um, but uh, just a, a lovely man, and it's such sad news to hear that he's passed away. Yeah, really sad news today. And uh, uh, we, uh, all our best wishes with, with the family and friends, and of course all the people that we heard from there as well, Dave. Lots, lots of really nice memories, and uh, well, for you as well, because you, you would have remembered your time working alongside him. Yeah, he was gr- great to work with. As I say, he was unflappable. Didn't matter what you, you told him, bad <laughs> news. He just, just went right over. Him and uh, you know we heard from Phil McGuire, Darren Mackey, and Darren Young, who three three of the players that really benefited their careers really benefited mm-hmm. from from uh, Ebby's guidance. But uh, just come back to that that game that, that that was the game where Andy Gorham and Jim Layton the six five game. That's right. Scotland's two most capped keepers. So beforehand <laughs> we were singing commentary of. Goals are going to be at premium tonight. So <laughs> six five, and then of course yeah. before Andrew says it, that was my <laughs> unfortunate quote where I said when the fourth official held up, they only had one board in that those times mm-hmm. with number nine, uh, saying how on earth could the referee find nine minutes of stoppage time? <laughs> to which Stuart McKimmy, who was uh, summarising for us, said, "I think you'll find that that's Roy Winters being substituted." <laughs> so, and then two days later, I got a T-shirt in the post with McDermott 9 on it and that was Mr Leighton so it was a very ah. cheap t-shirt as you can imagine so. <laughs> and I never wore it and if there's ever a bit of audio that I wish I'd uh, gone and dug out before oh. the show it was that yeah we're going to move on but once again the really really sad news today that former Aberdeen boss Ebi Skovdal has passed away at the age of 75 Aberdeen uh, Hamilton last Tuesday Dave and uh, the first half I mean at one point when it was 4-0 I was uh, I'm watching I'm going this could be a cricket score and and Brian Rice being Brian Rice wasn't changing anything there was nothing he was, he was going with 4-4-2 and he was going to stick with that and uh, even at 4-0 down after 30 minutes and he, and he showed you know the wisdom of it because they, they, they got their goal back and then they got a second back and all of a sudden whilst uh, obviously Aberdeen were going to run out well but we've seen it before happening mm-hmm. and uh, they'd, they'd also come back from three down the, the previous Saturday um, against St Johnston got it back to 3-2 which is something they've already done before this season so the, there was a wee niggle but uh, the first, for that first 30 minutes that was a sublime performance from Aberdeen and four wonderful goals mm-hmm. um, I mean t- great for Tommy Hoban getting his first goal as a permanent Aberdeen player um, but the, Ryan Edmondson two finishes that didn't look as though he was playing his uh, first senior start in his career no. and then to top them all Lewis Ferguson's absolute worldie yeah. which uh, we've talking about that for a long time oh, totally he'll never hit a better shot than that yeah and, yeah. You, you almost feel that uh, had he any other way he could have hit that almost the odds of hitting it Andrew like that were so slim but yet he managed to, to hit it so accurately and so powerfully and in those conditions because they weren't, they weren't the easiest conditions what a goal fantastic goal um, would have been goal of the week until Kemal Roof produced that <laughs> astonishing goal last night ridiculous and fair play to him I mean I've got no great love as many people know for Rangers but uh, you had to stand up and applaud that goal it was mm. phenomenal but to get back to Fergie's goal I think when you see um, the pictures of him striking it everything is right about his technique uh, I, I saw it from an angle that was almost directly behind the shot and it didn't waver an inch it just flew straight into the the top corner a phenomenal hit but just yet another 
great goal for Lewis Ferguson to add to that showreel of his greatest hits. I mean, wow, it's it's some collection of goals that he's putting together. But he's the, the league's joint top scorer now, so he's getting the goals from midfield that Wall hoped he would get from Lewis Ferguson. But he's a, a young man who really has the world that he's... he's fingertips now yeah. because it just seems to get better and better all the time yeah goals breed goals Dave and the more you get the more you tend to have the confidence to hit shots like that yeah and, and as Andrew said he doesn't other than the penalty kicks he doesn't often score ordinary goals tap-ins no. you know right from the beginning of last season the, the overhead kick or the season before the Burnley mm-hmm. just after he signed and uh, he said the, the header in the cup uh, down at Hamden against Rangers he's uh, but I think um, Tuesday night's probably topped them all. And yeah. he's a player playing with so much confidence. Just uh, just quickly on Ryan Edmondson as well, obviously getting a couple of goals. Unlucky to not get a hat-trick as well. He had that little back flick where he sort of, you know, a little bit more power on it and it, it would have been a goal. Uh, that, oh, no, it was, was Marley Walkins. Because I yeah. got that wrong as that's well. Right, that's right, that's why I just got it wrong. <laughs> uh, but, you're, but he did, I mean, he came close, close on a couple of other occasions. You could yeah. see the runs he was making. He was try, He looked like a player who, who was very at ease in that kind of position. Yeah, and the thing, not just Ryan, but the whole every outfield player fancied their chances mm-hmm. in that first half and they were shooting on sight it was a good conditions as you mentioned to, to do that because yeah. the, the, it was very slick and you know the ball was uh, bouncing about in front of uh, Mark Fulton the, the Aki's goalkeeper but yeah going back to Ryan Edmondson it's, it's a fantastic problem for Derek McInnes to have because Sam Cosgrove and Curtis Main will be knocking on the door very very soon and uh, if we can keep everybody fit we've got a very very strong squad well looking forward in terms of strong squads you don't need a strong squad uh, much more than you do when you play against the champions and it is the Dons against Celtic on Sunday it's a 12 o'clock kickoff. we're going to talk about that next it's time to talk football it's time to talk Dons North Zone 1 Red Friday Aberdeen Celtic on Sunday. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff at Petodre. Ryan Edmondson says there's no reason that the Dons can't get results against either of the old firm. Of course, you know, I think the club is, is a massive club in the league and the squad we've got this year is so strong and we've got so much depth within the squad. I mean, why can't we? Um, I think that's the question that the gaff has posed to us quite a lot. All the talks about and the old firm, your Celtics and Rangers and, you know, he does, he questions you, why not us? You know, we've got the squad to do it, we've got the quality to do it. Um, 100% we could get a couple of wins against Celtic and, you know, we can go to Rangers away and we've got all confidence that we could grab a result. But, you know, we take it game by game, we focus just on the game we've got coming up and, you know, as long as we keep winning, it's all we can do. North Zone 1, Red Friday. You want confidence in your players, Andrew, and that's confidence. That's confidence, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, he's, he's a confident young guy. I mean, he obviously hasn't been here too long to have the, the Derek McInnes mantra of one game at a time absolutely drilled into him that you don't look too far ahead. But um, I, I don't think there's any any harm in that. You, you've got to go in being ambitious. And uh, maybe now is a good time to be playing against Celtic because they, yeah. they are in a wee bit of the doldrums. I mean, the two successive defeats, it's not very often that you'll see Celtic lose three 
and certainly not four in a row. So it's going to be very tough for Aberdeen. But uh, I think the way Aberdeen are playing at the moment, particularly if, if the, as Dave said, you know that that fifteen minute period between the quarter hour and the half hour on Tuesday night, they played some absolutely wonderful football. Uh, I don't know that they'll get the space to do it uh, on Sunday, but uh, they know that they can do it. So yeah. um, go into that. But uh, Ryan Edmondson, let's hope that he is fit to play on Sunday. The manager said today that he'd had a scan after the injury on Tuesday. There's no broken bones, just a, a bit of ligament damage. He may be okay for Sunday, but um, should be certainly all right for the semi-final. And I suppose it's it's that fine balancing act, really, isn't it? Do you risk them on, on Sunday for a league game where, you know, in a league season you've got ample opportunity to, to recover from a defeat? Or in a cup semi-final where it's a one-off game, lose it, and that's you out of the competition. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest, I, I feel like Derek McInnes is 100% going to go for this with the strongest players available on Sunday, Dave, because um, it's it's such a huge game from the perspective of the Dons' potential league position, getting equal on points with Celtic, but also, you know, look at Celtic this season, and, and yes, those defeats in the last couple aside, they've not looked particularly miles ahead like they have done in previous seasons. Yeah, and uh, also... Th- the likely continued absence of Edward and uh, Forrest are t- two key players for Celtic in an attacking sense. Lee Griffiths still seems to be, you know, hauled off. Um, not quite there yet. You do get the feel, the, the impression that there's just something not right at Celtic. So it is a good time. Uh, as far as Derek is concerned, I'm sure right now. Sunday's game is the most important game in the world because it's the next game yeah. and uh, yes as as Ryan said we've got strength and depth which is good Johnny Hayes obviously he's at out he had a scan as well maybe okay for Sunday but I would have thought jo- Johnny if there's any risk at all mm-hmm. you know Matty Kennedy coming back as, as well he can play either left or, or right um, at wing back and uh, I would have thought if there's any doubt at all Johnny won't be risked on this Sunday, but uh, as you said, it's, it'll be the strongest team available that that are fit mm-hmm. that will will they take the field at to twelve o'clock on Sunday. Looking forward to yeah, absolutely. From Neil Lennon's point of view, Dave, the you've got to say that this is probably the game that he would least like to be playing off the back of a, an old firm defeat and then a defeat in Europe on a Thursday night, albeit against AC Milan. You, if any game they could have played away to Aberdeen who are on form at Pataudry it feels like it's the last game they want Yes I'm quite sure it's, it's not what uh, Neil Lennon would, would want on Sunday but of course you know we've got to caution because Celtic they've shown in the past you know we've, we've built ourselves up for games against Celtic Rangers only to be only to be taken back down but it does seem as though this, this Aberdeen team is really playing with confidence, and I've probably said that before <laughs> in the past as well. But I, I've got a good feeling about Sunday, but mm. I, I just hope it's not misplaced because, as you know, I usually have a, a glass half full feeling about Aberdeen anyway. <laughs> well, we're going to find out from our fans as well if they are glass half full ahead of Sunday's game. Our fan reporter, Graham Watt, uh, who was the one that caught up with the ex players uh, earlier on as well, we're going to hear from him. We're also going to hear from Darren Mackey. Graham spoke to Darren Mackey uh, ahead of Celtic's game on uh, Aberdeen Celtic on Sunday. And Don's fan, Martin, as well. We're going to hear from all of them in just a minute. Right now, though, let's get your latest North Sound 1 news headlines. Across North East Scotland. North Sound 1 News. 
Nicola Sturgeon set out a new five-tier system of coronavirus restrictions in Scotland. The strictest tier would see all non-essential shops close. Level 2 currently reflects measures in the northeast. In Wales, a short, sharp national lockdown is now in place. People there are being told to stay at home, while pubs, gyms and non-essential businesses have to close for 17 days. Aberdeen FC hope to hold a minute silence before Sunday's visit of Celtic for ex-boss Eb Skodel. The popular Dane, who was in the Pataudry hot seat from 1999 to 2002, has died at the age of 75. Don's manager Derek McInnes says Eb will be fondly remembered. A lot of his stories and a lot of the affection that he had carries on. People can come into club, work for clubs and don't always have that positive impact. Well, certainly, there was a lot of goodwill towards them. Elsewhere, St Mirren's match against Hamilton has been called off due to a number of positive Covid tests. That's you up to date. I'm Callum Clark. North Sound 1. Get all the biggest hits and the biggest throwbacks without lifting a finger. Just ask your smart speaker to play North Sound 1. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Aberdeen Celtic game in more detail in just a moment and we're going to hear from some of the fans and former Don Darren Mackey as well. Before that though, Andrew, the news that you just heard there and uh, we heard a little earlier on that St Mirren Hamilton off. It appears that the, the whole St Mirren squad now is having to isolate after another COVID situation. They've they've had an awful lot of bad luck with the, the COVID-19 situation this season, haven't they? They have indeed. That's two games in a row that they've had to call off because they're unable to fulfil the fixture. There's going to be a major problem looming very, very quickly for the SPFL uh, because they've got to try and fit in games against Motherwell and against Hamilton. Now, you would say, OK, there's a, a an international break coming up, but are they going to play during an international break? Public Health Scotland have told the entire first-team squad and coaching staff to self-isolate. Now, is that for two weeks from today? If that is the case, they won't be able to play next weekend. Uh, it, it is a worrying time, uh, not only for St Mirren, but for the whole of Scottish football, I would suggest. There will be an inquiry. There's going to be an inquiry into why Kilmarnock... Uh, had mm. a, a major outbreak uh, as to whether they've followed all the protocols or not. Um, it, it's The doomsday scenario looms ever closer, doesn't it, for Scottish yeah. football? And as the numbers rise, Dave, just generally, as we're seeing not just in Scotland but across Europe and, and in the UK certainly, it is difficult because there, it's this balancing act. It's understandable why there's inquiries to see if they've followed protocol, but we are getting to a situation where it's almost inevitable we're going to see more of these because the numbers are rising. Yeah, sadly, I think that's true. And without wanting to add to the doom and gloom merchants, also, every time something like this happens, then the chances of fans returning to, to Stadia uh, are moving further and further away. And uh, that's also a, a major problem. So, yeah, it's, it's we just don't know what's going to happen. But uh, St Mirren, they, they have certainly not had their troubles to seek with no. us. No, it's been a real shame. Uh, we will, of course, be hearing more about that and what impact that has on St Mirren's games and more, as I'm sure we'll be hearing over the next week or two. Uh, how that progresses. Now, our fan reporter, Graham Watt, caught up with the former Don Darren Mackey to get his thoughts ahead of Sunday's game and also his experience of playing Celtic. Darren, you've scored some memorable goals against Celtic. Have you got a favourite? Yeah, scored 
quite a few decent goals against Celtic, but the favourite's got to be the replay quarter final down at uh, Parkhead. Can Aberdeen beat Celtic this weekend? And is this Aberdeen's strongest squad for a good while, Darren? They go into the game. There's a lot of pressure on them to produce a performance, and so far in recent times they've just not been able to do that. But off the back of recent results, they'll be going into the game for the confidence. So I've got every faith in them that they'll go and produce a performance and and get a result against Celtic at the weekend. How many goals do you see the Don scoring? I reckon Aberdeen are going to win two one. You've always got to back your own team, so yeah, I can see them coming out two one winners. Yeah, we'd all take two one, Andrew. Uh, that would be that would be a fantastic result against still a very very strong Celtic side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you have to go way back to the twenty second of December two thousand and one. Would you believe wow. thirty three games ago? For the last time, Aberdeen kept a clean sheet against Celtic in a league game at Petardry. Ebi Skovdal, uh, who we've been speaking about, um, was manager, of course. Darren Mackey, who you've just heard from, scored the goal when he charged down a, a, a Rab Douglas clearance right, in the last yeah. minute uh, to, to seal the victory. And, of course, the, there was the caterpillar led by Eugene Daddy <laughs> in, in celebration afterwards. Wouldn't it be nice if we could have the same on Sunday? I don't think Scott Brown would like a caterpillar, so I can't see that <laughs> happening. Um, but uh, Aberdeen have... You know, they've found it extremely difficult to keep the Celtic attack at bay um, in recent years, in fact, in the last... and all the way through this current century. Uh, But if they can keep the back door closed, I think we've got a great chance of winning. So the longer that we can can keep the Celtic tally at zero, the more chance Aberdeen have of getting a victory in this game. We've seen Celtic's defence in recent weeks, Dave, not look as rock solid as it did all last season. And you feel that with the way the Dons have been playing, that attacking, flowing football, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for the pacey players in the squad to, to have a real go and put pressure on the defence. Yeah, we've got plenty of pace in the team. We've also got plenty of flexibility. We've got a number of players who can play equally well right or left. So, And, and we often see the, the, the wing-backs swapping over in the middle of a game. And yes, the Celtic defence... Uh, I mean, I mean, Ayer is a good centre-half. Uh, Shane Duffy, he's not in the... Not in the... You know, he's, he's in the twilight of his career and that that might be something you mentioned pace so Mm. that's something that he's not blessed with too much and as I say we've got lots of pace in in fact in in all areas of the team to be honest Yeah, I'm going to talk more about that, we've also got Beat the Pundit and this week it's Jordan Strachan Don's fan that's going to take on Dave McDermott with his predictions, we'll find out how Neil Wiley got on last week and as well as that there is a huge North East derby happening in League One we'll talk about that all on the way next You're listening to Red Friday on North Sound 1 with me, Mike. I'm with Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny, and it's time for Beat the Pundit. This is where a Don's fan goes up against Dave McDermott and predicts the scores at the weekend. And then last week, Andrew, it was Neil Wiley who took on Dave. How did Neil get on? Uh, Neil won 2 0. High wow. scoring game. <laughs> High scoring weekend. What a weekend that was. Uh, yeah. So it's now 5 5 between Dave and our pundits. Unofficially, unofficially. Well done, Neil. 
unofficially last week out of all of us uh, who, who got the best uh, uh, you did, did as you know oh did I know that or yes you did completely forgot and how many did you get Andrew uh, none same <laughs> as you Dave <laughs> uh, this week it's Don's fan Jordan Strachan's turn and our fan reporter Graham Watt got Jordan's predictions yes Mike we've got Don's fan Jordan Strachan today taking on Dave McDermott first of all Jordan Kilmarnock versus Hibs your score predictions for that one Hibs 3-1 Motherwell versus Ross County Motherwell 2-0 St Johnston against Dundee United I'll go St Johnston 2 Dundee United 2 and on Sunday Rangers versus Livingston Rangers to win 4-1 and the big one Aberdeen versus Celtic Jordan Aberdeen to win 2-1 <laughs> OK Dave let's get your scores starting with the Saturday games obviously the St Mirren game is now off Kilmarnock against Hibs Oh, sorry, let me try and turn your mic on while you're okay, talking. Okay, there we go. Yes, Kilmarnock, of course, <laughs> be quite confident after their win at Lurie last week. So I'm going for a share of the spoils, 1-1. One, one. OK, Motherwell at home to Ross County. Same as Jordan, 2-0. A bit of a derby, Dundee United head to Perth St Johnston at home. I've gone 1-1. One, one. Uh, on Sunday, the 3 o'clock kickoff is Rangers at home to Livingston. 3-1 Rangers. And then the 12 o'clock, it's the big one, it's the Dons against Celtic. Again, I'm with Jordan, 2-1 Aberdeen. OK, Andrew, let's get your prediction for the Aberdeen game, first of all. Um, I fancy 2-1. Uh, mm-hmm. As I've said earlier, you know, Celtic seem to always score when they come to Aberdeen. But there, there's just something about this Aberdeen squad that uh, suggests to me that they've got a great chance of, of winning the game. So I'm going to go a narrow but well-deserved 2-1. Yeah, I think we'd all take that at this stage. Just looking at the other games, Dave, there are a few there of of interest, I think, for the Dons, particularly that Kilmarnock-Hibs game. Yeah, um, as I say, Killy are, are, are starting to find a, a bit of form after their COVID challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hibs, never easy to break that. That's, that's why I can't really separate them, why I've gone for a 1-1. But to be honest, either a home win for Kelly or an away win for Hibs wouldn't surprise me. It's like, no. well, this league is so difficult for, so many games are so difficult, it's just a lottery. Yeah, Which is my excuse for losing 2-0 last <laughs> That's week. That's what it's all about. Uh, Andrew, I mean, we are looking at that league, and last week we talked about how narrow things are. It is still very narrow, five points between 6th and 12th in the league. But we are starting now to see sort of divisions within the league. So, we, you know, we've got the top four there, then you've got the middle sort of four or five teams, and then Motherwell, St Mirren. Hamilton just really struggling at the bottom at the moment but Motherwell you expect to pick up points with the games in hand you do but um, you know they've only picked up eight points from their opening nine games so they haven't been setting the heather on fire so there's maybe nothing really there to suggest that they're going to pick up points when when they catch up in in their games Uh, but we saw you know, we've seen St Mirren and we've seen Hamilton in the last two visits to Pataudry uh, come up, up to Aberdeen as bottom of the league sides, but not look like bottom of the league teams. For a spell, Hamilton did look like that, but then I think the manager summed it up perfectly at the end of the game. They're maybe bottom of the table, but they're top of the table when it comes to spirit. <laughs> I mean, they, they just do not give up. No, that's and, true. and they, they battled like mad uh, from the time that David Moyo pulled them back into the game at 4 1. They got the penalty in the second half. And, you know, 
there was just something niggling away in the back of my mind. I was thinking Spurs against West Ham. Mm-hmm. 3-0 up with eight minutes to go and you end up drawing 3-3. I didn't think it was going to happen to Aberdeen, but this season uh, in particular, nothing surprises you at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I do feel that there's there's better to come from some of the sides down at the bottom of the table. Dundee United last week, they got a point against Aberdeen, but I didn't think they looked very impressive at all. I think they need to get their act together. Going to St Johnston tomorrow is going to be difficult because Saints, who themselves had had a torrid time, uh, all of a sudden discover their shooting boots and score 12 goals in two games. So they'll fancy their chances against United. But um, as I say, United have got to start to pick up a little bit. Uh, Kilmarnock seem to be getting a wee bit better, but they've had their COVID problems. And given the the prevalence of the virus in the, the Central Belt and the Ayrshire and Arden Health Board area, Who's to say that they're not going to be struck by it again? So there's so many ifs, buts and maybes, but Dave's absolutely right. There's, it's such a difficult league to predict. Uh, every game, uh, can you can make a case for both sides or a draw. Yeah, absolutely. Well, lots of games to look forward to this week in the top league. But in League One, we've got a new North East derby in the league, and that is Peterhead against Cove Rangers. And yeah, really excited about this one, Dave, because it's great to see the North East with, uh, with three strong clubs, but two strong clubs in League One together in the same league. And it's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting match. Yeah, and uh, so many players, Cove have got a contingent of ex-Peterhead yep. players who are very friendly with the current Peterhead team or members of the current Peterhead team. It's it's one that, it's such a shame because it would have been, they would have had a great attendance had fans in, in normal times, fans been in. Uh, but I think it will be a, an excellent game. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. It's, again, it's another difficult one to predict yeah. because Peterhead with home advantage, uh, Cove, they started off with a great win against East Fife last week. I I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up in a draw, but it should be an entertaining 90 minutes, that's for sure. Yeah, Andrew, you feel that Peterhead might be really up for this one because it is. there's a little bit of pride at stake here too because you know it is the, the Cove Rangers team have been in such great form. that They're coming up the leagues. Peterhead have been a little bit more established there as well and you feel like Peterhead are really going to be up for this uh, tomorrow. Yeah, there's local bragging rights uh, up for grabs uh, and as Dave said, you know, it would have been a full house at Balmoor without any question. Uh, game of the day for me in League One. Cove, great start last week for the second season in a row. They, they win their opening game and end up playing against nine men. So uh, Cove will be hoping that um, that's a important for the future, that um, they're going to go on and have as successful a season as they had last. Uh, Peter Head, who went down 2-0 at Airdrie, but Airdrie fancy them their chances of getting out of that league uh, and it's going to be highly competitive but it, it's going to be a, a real battle royal I think up at uh, Balmoor tomorrow I'd love to be able to go to it mm-hmm. um, but uh, if I had to pick a winner I think I would just shade it for Cove but again like we've said about all the leagues you can make a case just as strongly for Peterhead but uh, a real Good encounter on the cards, that one. And I'll have all the updates on Red Saturday right here on North Sound 1. We're on from 2. I'll be with Cheryl. 
and uh, we'll be keeping you up to date with that with any goals any goal flashes we'll have them all as well as that we'll be keeping a particular eye on Kilmarnock against Hibs of course with that one being of particular interest for the Dons and we'll be hearing uh, well you'll hear a lot of the stuff if you've missed anything tonight you'll be hearing more of that tomorrow on Red Saturday ahead of Sunday's game as well so we'll be building up to Aberdeen Celtic on Sunday Uh, back to the game on Sunday then Andrew Uh, just last kind of word on this because obviously it is it is a big challenge it's Celtic it's never easy Celtic are not in my opinion the Celtic of last season but they're still Celtic and they find ways of getting results so it's going to be a tough one it's going to be extremely difficult for Aberdeen they're going to have to be everybody hitting 9 out of 10s or better uh, to beat Celtic you know that even uh, a slightly off form Celtic is a, a very very dangerous side to play against they play some of their best football when they come to Pataudry and uh, it will be uh, as I described the, the Peterhead Cove game another you know battle to the finish between these two heavyweights of, of the Scottish game and they uh, I just hope that uh, it's, it's a, an entertaining game of football. Once again, it's a game that would have attracted a full house. Uh, the players, I think, are doing a pretty good job of, of creating uh, the atmosphere for themselves. But uh, tomorrow, uh, s- Sunday rather, um, I just fancy uh, Aberdeen to sneak a victory and put an end to eight successive Celtic league wins at Pataudry. Of course, it's the first of two games in succession against Celtic. Uh, if I put you on the spot, Dave, if you had to take one win from the two, which would it be? If you, I would rather obviously take two wins out of two. But if <laughs> I had to, that. if I had to make the choice, it would be Nick, next weekend. As Andrew mentioned earlier, you you know three points, you can get yourself back. You're still not out of the league, but a cup semi final, the chance to reach a final. Uh, against one of the Edinburgh sides a real chance of silverware which uh, is something and I'm sure if if Derek was asked that he would say the same but the bottom line is a win this Sunday gives a real shot in the arm Mm -hmm. for the following Sunday so um, it could you know in terms of the confidence uh, three points joining Celtic you know that slight down that they've got just now Three defeats in the trot would would hasten that. So yeah, who knows? You, you just you just never know. And it would be particularly fitting if uh, that one minute silence that's been talked about went ahead at the start of the game yeah, as well. It would, and uh, again, Ebby was manager. The last yeah. league game we won it uh, at Pitodry against uh, against Celtic. So it would be extremely fitting. Um, if that were the case but as I said earlier it's one that I'm really looking forward to Aberdeen are, are playing some really good stuff just now you got a player from a Don's point of view that is the one that you feel Ryan, might be the difference Ryan Hedges because he's playing at the top of his game just now we've mentioned it before he plays confidence is such a big part of his game and it's some of his footwork really good but you, you, it's not just Ryan you've got Lewis Ferguson we saw what he can do you've got to um, Players all over the pitch. Johnny yeah. Hayes, if he plays against, it will be against his now former club. So he'll have a wee point to, to prove if he's playing. But uh, yeah. no, just so many players to look forward to. Yeah, big game on Sunday for the Dons. Don't forget as well tomorrow it's Peter Head against Cove Rangers. All the updates right here on North Sound One on Red Saturday from two o'clock. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound One Red Friday.